The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Thursday edition of the Leach Report. Happy you guys are on board with us as we talk UK sports with Mike Pratt today, leading us off as he does on Thursdays. Uh, Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated. And then we'll finish up with uh, an interview uh, taped yesterday with Melvin Booker, Devin's dad, talking about uh, Devin Booker's big season with the Suns, now in the NBA Finals for the first time. Game two coming up tonight. Uh, Booker had a, a great finals debut with nine, with uh, 27 in the Suns' win over Milwaukee. So Phoenix looking to go up 2-0 tonight. And we'll hear from uh, Melvin Booker a little bit later on in the show. Right now we want to jump into the Wildcat news of the day. And it is a service of Kentucky Beer Cheese. We'll start with a nice honor for Madison Lilly. UK volleyball player has been named the Roy Kramer SEC Female Athlete of the Year. She's the first volleyball player in SEC history to win this award. She's the eighth Wildcat to win it, and the second female, Jenny Hansen, in gymnastics was uh, the other. And then she's one of four finalists for an ESPY award this weekend for National Female College Athlete of the Year. And I think fans can uh, continue to vote on that. That's uh, one of the components of picking the winner of that award. But... Madison Lilly was incredible for Kentucky in its national championship run and uh, happy to see her get this recognition. And what a special season it was for Kentucky volleyball with all of the success they had on the court and then all of the attention that they've gotten off the court. They uh, threw out the first pitch at a Reds game last week, took the trophy around. They're going to be doing some more appearances with the trophy, so you can follow that, follow along on that on their social media or ukathletics.com and see where you can go get a picture with the volleyball players and with the national championship trophy. And uh, now they'll be in a position of trying to defend that when the next season starts this fall. Speaking of this fall, single-game tickets for U.K. football went on sale a few minutes ago. And this is your chance to jump in if you don't have season tickets to get tickets for a game or two or five or six for the upcoming uh, season seven uh, home games, I believe, on the schedule for this fall, starting with Louisiana Monroe on September 4th. And that will be uh, interesting I suspect they maybe they'll get close to a sellout for that game. Normally, I, w- I would think not. Uh, I think in this day of time, uh, you're generally it's going to be hard to to sell out. Even you know Kentucky basketball has found that out for opponents that don't have a, a big name to get every seat sold. But just the pent up demand for getting back to a college football game and to do the tailgating thing and all of that. Um, maybe they'll get a sellout for that first game. Uh, I suspect they will for the second one when Kentucky plays Missouri. Part of the appeal, too, would be that'll be a night game where the other one is a noon kickoff for Louisiana Monroe. But again, first game, a chance to get back and, and do tailgating, albeit early or after the game. But um, I think there's going to be a lot of um, demand for fans to just get back into that environment. Can't wait for it to happen 
uh, personally, uh, I always look forward to a little downtime after get through the season and through all the Triple Crown stuff, so kind of slow down a little bit in June, but by this time of year, I am ready to get going again. I'm ready for the games to, to start already, and uh, here soon we'll get SEC media days that will start revving the engine for football season, and then the practices will start. We'll get news out of there, and uh, September 4th we'll uh, be here before you know it. Dante Allen has filed a couple of trademarks, according to a couple of different stories I've seen. Um with the intent, apparently, of uh, doing a, a shoe, a clothing line, and a series of camps. Uh, camps could be, I would think, a, a big thing for players in this name, image, and likeness era. Uh, you, uh, Especially if you're an in-state player. You go back to your home area in the, the, the off-season, and you do some camps, and local businesses uh, support it and help sponsor it, and you could make some uh, good money doing that. Maybe you know an autograph session. You bring some of your teammates with you. Um, so I think there's a big. That's one area where there that could be some of the low hanging fruit for guys to make money on name, image, and likeness. Uh, Johnny Juzang is pulled out of the NBA draft, so he's coming back to UCLA. They're going to be maybe up there consideration for preseason number one. Certainly top five off the run that they had at the end of last season, fueled in large part by Johnny, and now they've got. Uh, guys that have pulled out of the draft to return to UCLA. Uh, it's unfortunate. I think Kentucky is probably going to end up playing Ohio State in the CBS Sports Classic. They were supposed to play uh, UCLA last year, and then it got switched up uh, because of how COVID protocols were being handled. And so they put the, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 school against each other, and Kentucky ended up playing Carolina. And I was hoping they would uh, rotate back into UCLA this year and it uh, doesn't look like, that. from what I've heard, I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll see. Um, Devin Booker mentioned uh, we'll be talking to his dad later. Devin won the NBA CARES Community Assist Award for Community Engagement out in Phoenix. Second cat to win that award in the NBA. John Wall was the other one. And uh, Cal's guys have always been uh, very active in charitable causes and giving back to their communities and to this community. Uh, MKG, Michael K. Gilchrist, recently started a program uh, for uh, young people that have uh, speech issues, stuttering, and that kind of thing that, that Michael had to overcome. So uh, congrats to Devin Booker on that honor. We'll get to a uh, quick break. Come back. Mike Pratt will join the program. We're coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. Their new downtown Lexington location is open now. It's on uh, Main Street, corner of Main and Felix, right across from where they're doing all the work at Rupp Arena. Stop in for a drink or a snack at the new Clark's Pump and Shop downtown Lexington location or any other 67 locations around Kentucky. We'll be right back. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. It's the Leach Report for a Thursday. And we go to the drinksword.com hotline to bring on Mike Pratt. Uh, and I was just telling uh, Shannon off the air, Mike, that uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. has pulled his name out of the NBA draft. He was one of the, the last-minute decisions, and he is coming back to Vandy. I mentioned Johnny Juzang back to UCLA. His teammate Cody Riley's coming back. Uh, and another one that impacts Kentucky, Remy Martin, 
took his name out of the draft. He was uh, the guard at Arizona State that uh, was such a good player last couple of seasons for Bobby Hurley, put his name in the draft. Hurley recruited thinking that uh, Martin wouldn't return. Martin decided that he might return, and so he's going to tra- he's transferred to Kansas, so he's going to play for the Jayhawks against uh, Kentucky this season. So any of those decisions surprise you or any of the other ones? No, I think, Tom, that uh, probably a pretty good decision by most of those guys. You saw where Marvin Bagley also took his name out. And, um, Marcus Bagley, stated, Marvin's brother. Uh, yeah, was, is it Marcus Bag- Bagley? Marcus, yeah, uh, younger yeah, okay. brother of Marvin. And back, so he's yeah. going back to Arizona State So with uh, yeah. Coach yeah, well, Hurley and Coach Justice going, out there. Yeah, he's going to go back, and that could be a good thing for Arizona State. Of course, Johnny... At um, at uh, UCLA, that's uh, the, you know they return every player off that Final Four team that, that logged a minute in the championship uh, Final Four. How about that? Yeah, and you know that was a team that you know was an 11 seed, uh, played in the play-in game, so they barely made it into the tournament. Uh, so you could say, well, did they just get hot and they won't be as good as expected? But you know, you get on a run like that, you get the momentum and the confidence that comes from that, I would think they will be very good this season. I think they could, too. And, but, I, but I think uh, the biggest problem Cronin's going to have is he's got to uh, keep the chemistry going. He had the chemistry going really well at the end of the season from 11th seed to the Final Four. Can he keep that chemistry among all these players that are returning? That, I think that's going to be the big question. And uh, sometimes that sounds very easy. Uh, sometimes people don't understand all that entails, but it's you know that's a lot of work from the coaching standpoint and and uh, a lot of buy-in from the player standpoint. So uh, uh, that'll be interesting. All, uh, you remember Oral Roberts and the nice run they had in the NCAA, oh, yeah. right? Well, they've got uh, the kid that led the nation in scoring, Admas, ABMAS. Uh, yep. He's returning, but yep. they lost O'Banner, O'Banner. Uh, he's staying in. So they lost one and got one back, but that kid uh, can certainly shoot the ball, and that's a plus for Oral Roberts. You mentioned managing chemistry for coaches, and, and Cal has uh, excelled at that to get guys to come in and uh, a lot of highly touted recruits that we've seen and you know to sacrifice for the good of the team. Devin Booker, who we'll talk about in a little bit, is a you know, prime example of that. Um, so now, uh, since we last talked, Devin Booker, or uh, Davion Mintz, made his announcement that he's returning. Uh, first, just uh, what was your reaction when you heard that news? Oh, I was uh, very happy. Big shot Mintz, as I called him on our broadcast. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I you had a bunch of them. Very, yeah, yeah, he did, and uh, he enjoyed the moment so well. He, he's big smile on his face, and you know he he enjoyed all that um, that went with that. The uh, I, I was I was surprised. I, I didn't think he would return um, because of how long he's been in college. But maybe he wants to get the full, as they say, Kentucky uh, experience. And uh, it's uh, it's a real I think it's a real plus for Kentucky and and Cal again has to manage his culture manage the chemistry but we've seen him do that before so um, you would think that uh, Cats will be just fine with this yeah I would imagine Cal will sell them on the you know, the the benefit of the way they're going to be pushed in practices uh, the all the NBA scouts and uh, officials that come in to watch Kentucky practices and. 
uh, probably more than ever of that this season as we get back to, to normal. And, uh, you know, he'll sell the players on, on that, how important the, the practices will be where you'll have, you know, great five-on-five games. And then uh, he'll sell them, I'm sure, and, you know, don't worry about the, the minutes. If you, uh, you, you'll get minutes, you'll get a chance to show what you can do, that kind of thing. He's obviously very good at, um, you know, crafting a message and getting people to buy into it. Well, he's got players that have played a lot of minutes that made it into the NBA. He's got guys who haven't played a lot. And um, uh, so, I mean, he's got two two things to talk about. We've got guys that uh, uh, have didn't play or weren't high draft choices like Darius Miller, but he has had a really good professional career, a long professional career. So, I mean, he's he's got a lot of things to draw from to communicate to these young fellas that it's all about winning and losing. And with the name, image, and likeness, your, your brand sinks or swims with your ability to win games and, and be a major part of it. I mean, that's that's where your brand is. So um, if, if you're interested in that, if that's what you come to college for or want to stay for, you better win, you better play well. Uh, so it takes a team winning, and, and your contribution has to be solid and consistent. You know, Darius, it's a great, great uh, name you mentioned there because he's uh, an ideal example to use along with a guy like Booker. But you look at Darius, started in the on a Final Four team in 2011, came off the bench the next season because of the, the new players that they brought in. And his team, he got to win a championship, and he's still playing in the league. Absolutely. And, you know, Darius, as you well know from his high school days and everything else, that he, he has great attitude. And uh, he was able to maintain that attitude. It was a tough time for a while there. He and Cal, I think, butted heads a little bit. But they came out on top. I mean, both of them. Uh, were winners in that deal, and uh, he made himself a better player. Uh, spent, I think he spent some time in the G League, but he's been up a, to the bigs for, what, six, seven years now, and uh, he's going to have a nice retirement fund. That's, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. So uh, as far as Booker Lays is, and I know you're going to have his dad on. His dad was a terrific score shooter at Missouri. I remember him. Um he, the Booker we see now is not the Booker we saw in practice every day, Tom. And um, you, you could say, well, he didn't get his chance to show this. Well, for one, you know, he, he, he didn't have the ability or didn't have the experience, pardon me, to, to beat you off the bounce back then. And that wasn't part of the offense on top of that. But saying that, that kid has really upped his game in the areas that um, you thought, well, I think he's deficient for the NBA in these areas. But, man, he's up to his game now as far as uh, off the bounce, seeing the floor, finding the sweet spot offensively for him. You, you've got to admire his development. Absolutely. And um, just a really good good young guy, too, just won the NBA Cares Community Assist Award uh, for the league. Um, quick thought on uh, Kofi Coburn. He could end up at Kentucky. Uh, just uh, talk to me about your your thoughts on his game, what you saw last season watching him at Illinois, and uh, what he would bring. He's a power player. He's good around the rim. Uh, he will block some shots. He's not a, a high riser, um, but he'll block some shots. But he's a block-to-block guy. He can score in there. He can score through. Uh, he showed he could score uh, through the, de- the defense. Um the contact. So yeah, he's uh, he's a 
a really tough inside player. My, my only question is, uh, is where where will he share the minutes or who will he share the minutes with? You know, you've got uh, Schwebway that's kind of the same player, uh, same type player um, already. So I, I don't know. I don't know uh, whether the kid will make the final decision to go to Kentucky or not. Uh, that will be an interesting decision. And what shakes out if he comes to Kentucky afterwards will be a story in the story, Tom Leach. At Mike Pratt 22 on Twitter is where you follow him. Thank you, sir. Have a good weekend. You too, buddy. We'll be right back to chat with Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated here on the Leach Report Radio Network. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. Back to the DrakeStore.com hotline. Justin Rowland joins us from CatsIllustrated.com. Uh, when we last talked, Justin, name, image, and likeness was uh, just in its first day. So a week into it now, what uh, are your thoughts on what you're seeing? Yeah, I think I think it's been a little bit more of a cautious rollout and how it and how it's happening than I thought. Um, but I think you know July first is probably when a lot of this stuff started to to get into motion. So, you know, you see things like Wright's Barbecue in Arkansas. The entire Arkansas offensive line has a name, image, and likeness deal. I know uh, Miami and Florida State. There's been some news in Miami booster basically in effect guaranteeing six thousand dollars for every scholarship football player at Miami, and I've heard that. The NIL stuff may be influencing Kentucky offensive line target Daughtry Richardson in another direction, but I think there's going to be some stuff for, for Kentucky as far as news with this stuff in the, in the near future. So I think it's, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger as opposed to starting out big. Um, it's just I'm following it every day, and it's going to change everything for sure. Yeah, I don't think anybody really can, can if they tell you they know how it's going to play out, They're just it's just a guess at this point. Yeah, it's just a guess. Um, it's just the scale of the investment. Nobody knows. There's no point mm-hmm. of reference for how big or what the market's going to look like. You know, um, this never been done before. So even, I think I've said businesses that have never marketed before are going to be enticed to jump into this while it's hot. Uh, but they don't know, you know, how much they're going to be dishing out. And I don't think players know how much they're going to expect. I think right now what's really happening behind the scenes is players are coalescing into these brand agents and marketing agencies that are frankly just forming yeah yeah just to have a little bit of a structure i'm sure for them we're halfway home we'll continue with justin when we come right back find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the big blue at tomleachky.com Second half of the Leach Report coming here in the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio in Lexington. Justin Rowland's with us from CatsIllustrated.com. Uh, you can also follow at Roland Rivals on Twitter. Uh, is the uh, special still going on for a little while longer for signing yeah, it's up? Still going on. Sign up now. Get it free through August 10th. I appreciate that. Let's talk a little bit about uh, as Kentucky is pursuing. We'll start on the football side. Uh, Dare Rosenthal, the LSU offensive lineman. What are you hearing on that situation? It should be announced in the next couple of days. If it's not, then, you know, it'll still be next week. But I think this is wrapped up. I think he's, you know, he's gone through the enrollment process. I know that 
uh, yeah, there was a little bit attached to that that they needed to work through, and I think it's just a matter of announcing it now. It's not a matter of if he's going to pick Kentucky. I think it's it's Kentucky, and I think they've worked it out, and I think we're going to find out something here shortly. On the uh, basketball side, uh, you got Jalen Duran, who is getting ready, I guess, to go to Peach Jam, and he's still evaluating Kentucky and other schools and other options. And you got Kofi Coburn, who's in the transfer portal now. Uh, how do you think that one plays out with those two? I think it's been a great conversation point. Like, who would you rather have, Duran or Coburn? And I've said Coburn, and I think that's who they're going to get. I think there's there's a lot of chatter about Coburn right now. I think Duran, there's been some confidence on the Memphis side based on some of the recent reporting. But, yeah, I mean, Coburn, um, it's a very different ad. I mean, it's kind of doubling down on, unless you're already strong with, with Chebway, but, um, I mean, he's a, he's a different level. You, you would bank an all-American big man with him, and uh, I think it's going to happen, and it's, it's pretty crazy because that's kind of out of left field. It's not what you would have said they need, but it's an upgrade for any – it would have been an upgrade for any school in the country. And if you're Coburn, you can see why a decision makes sense. If you don't go to the NBA, if you decide to, to pull out of there, and I, I guess what I read – and, you know, he's not, not the kind of player, you know, 10 years ago – uh, 15 years ago, it have been different, but the way the NBA is played now, that uh, he didn't maybe hear what he wanted to hear. So if you're coming back to college, he's so close apparently with uh, Orlando and Chigua that you would want to reconnect there to try to finish polishing up your game to try to get back in, you know, get into the first round after another season. Yeah, it's not a wild and chaotic transition. There's going to be familiar faces mm-hmm. there in on the biggest stage in college basketball, and he's probably looking at that roster Kentucky's got and thinking, this is going to be a great showcase opportunity for me. Surround me with shooters. They're going to have plenty of those. Give me one of the best passers you know, in, in the SEC. Um, yeah, I, I don't see a downside for him or for Kentucky. I mean, we don't know how many minutes a lot of guys are going to get on this team because there's going to be so many pieces, but he's definitely going to get his minutes. I mean, it's a potential... 20 and 8 guy so uh so yeah it's a, it's a great setup for both sides it seems like back to uh football and recruiting with um now liam cohen having uh, a full recruiting period to, to pursue a uh, his next young quarterback uh how how is that looking as far as the uh, quarterback recruiting because kentucky's extended a lot of offers I think the two quarterbacks from the 2023 class that Cohen has really zeroed in on are Chris Vizina and uh, Chris Parson. And Chris Parson, you know, I initially thought he might be a running back because he's built like one. Uh, he's from Tennessee, but I watched him at camp recently at Kentucky, and he, man, he looked fantastic. And he released a top eight. And I really think Kentucky's probably top four. So I think Kentucky, Florida State, Miami, and Tennessee – are the four to watch, and he really apparently had a great time working with Cohen. They they got along really well. Um, he's going to decide on July twenty second. So a lot of people think Florida State's the school to beat. It was a dream school. The whole staff met him when he visited down there in Tallahassee. But I'm hearing Kentucky really has this guy's ear. I think they probably prefer him to push his decision back a little bit. But it'd be an interesting first test of how how he fares going all in on somebody he really likes. You guys did uh, an extensive dive on the quarterback room at kentucky and uh if you're a catsillustrated.com subscriber you can read the whole story but uh what were some of the the highlights that came out of that 
Well, there's nowhere to go but up, number one. I don't, I don't think that we're, we're going to see anything like we've seen the past few seasons when the passing is totally broken. They frankly think they have too much talent on the offensive line, at tight end, uh, the, the running game to provide balance, and then the Ali-Wandale um, duo at receiver, and also you know Chauncey Magwood and Dekel Crowdis, two other guys to watch. There's just too much talent there for, for the numbers not to be more normal in line with the rest of the country. But I push back a little bit when I hear people say this is the most quarterback talent Kentucky has had since. It's because they just haven't done it yet. So I think Levis will be the starter. I think Gateway wouldn't shock me if he gets a chance at some point this year. And I think that the numbers will go way up. But, you know, where that fits into the SEC, I don't know. You know, it's it's a big open question. We don't even know if they're going to be under center. We don't know how much they're going to pass. Um, we don't know how much things are going to click for these guys this year. So that's really going to define the season, I think. I think Kentucky has, has been uh, not particularly complex uh, in the in the passing game. Uh, and back in 2016, when they had uh, Bidette and Juice Johnson getting open deep, they were you know able to hit a lot of uh, deep balls that season and have probably some of their best success throwing the football, not nearly as much since then. I suspect one thing that, that – opposing coaches will notice is uh, a lot more complexity to what Kentucky does in the pass game, right? Yeah, no doubt. That's one of the biggest questions for me. I think it's, it's fascinating, really interesting, that initially my, my thought was they're going to put in a modified version of the Rams offense, or it's just a general concept. This is what it's going to look like in, in theory, but they're putting in the whole Rams offense, like, like 2AT, the entire Rams offense they're running, and that's a very different thing than the inside zone that they've been running. It's a lot more complex. That's why I think Levis has the leg up at quarterback. He's just exceptionally right, like football savvy. If he took the Wonderlick test, he would be off the charts. And I think the experience at Penn State in that offense has really prepared him probably well to handle that. Already a graduate student. Um, yeah, how, how do you take the whole NFL offense with the Rams and install it with a bunch of 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds that's going to be interesting. You asked uh, at com for hot takes for fans. I think maybe more on your uh, Twitter feed at Roland Rivals. Uh, anything that was particularly insightful or anything that was off the charts crazy? <laughs> I do think it's interesting. I, think, I feel like fans, a lot of fans feel like if we don't win nine games this year, that's going to be a disappointment. And, you know, I, this, I understand why people feel that way. They might be favorites in nine games this year. The first five, the last four, or the first four and the last five. But that middle stretch, you know, you don't have much margin for error with Florida, Georgia, and LSU. I don't know what to make of that. They, they might be favorites in nine games. I'm not predicting them to win nine, but I, uh, people really have, have set themselves up to believe, for good or for bad, that this is going to be another 2018 season. And I would just say maybe, but, but some things probably have to go right for that. So, you know, they should be in the postseason for a sixth straight time, but is this a team that can challenge for the East? I would say probably not. I think they're going to be more battling for second with Florida. I'm not sure this is the year they knock off Georgia, but a lot of people feel like they might. And yeah, have to do it uh, down there. Um, but, you know, sometimes I think when it happens, uh, when Kentucky wins the East um uh, I think it will happen at, at some point in the not too distant future, and you know, you the, who you draw in the West and who the other contenders in the East draw in the West that'll factor into it uh, probably as well when it happens. Yeah, K- Kentucky schedule is working for it this year, 
And this could be a year when they jump up and surprise somebody if they're thinking this is going to be the, the same inside power team. They might be surprised because of the personnel and the new system, which is kind of an unknown, and, and maybe the unknown helps them with some teams this year. The schedule is good, but the schedule is also good for Georgia. And that, that's the thing about winning the East. It's hard to see Kentucky getting to Atlanta without beating Georgia. South Carolina did it a couple of years ago. It's not undoable, but their schedule is, is fairly easy. And if you lose to them, they got to lose two more. So yeah, that's the decline. And if Florida, say, were, were the team that were in that spot rather than Georgia, Florida play, draws Alabama this year. So, you know, yep. you'd, you'd yep, catch a right. break in, in that. Justin, thank you much. Thanks a lot. We'll get uh, right back to the show after this timeout and hear from Melvin Booker, Devin's dad, on the Leach Report. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. On the line with us is Melvin Booker on the drinksword.com hotline, and his son is Devin Booker, the former Wildcat who's playing in Game 2 of the NBA Finals tonight. And, uh, Mr. Booker, this has been uh, quite a ride your son's been on since he left the Bluegrass, uh, lottery pick, steadily improving and now uh coming up big in the nba finals has to be you obviously are a proud dad uh what's it like sitting there watching him do his thing in game one in the finals man it's it's, it's a feeling like no other and uh you know i'm controlling my emotions right now because i would hate for us to get this close and not you know get to hold up that larry o'brien trophy so uh i'm staying even keel right now until we can call ourselves champions but it's still an exciting feeling to um, watch Devin go out there and play on the biggest stage. Give me your perspective as his dad on how you've seen his game grow through these first several years in the NBA. Man, not just in the NBA. Since the day Devin moved with me in, like, 2011, Devin has improved on his game, like, every year. Like, the kid always showed me something different. Uh, each year because he spent so much time in offseason working on his craft and getting better. And it's just it's just a lot of hard work that he's put in over the years to improve, and uh, not everybody gets a chance to see it. The thing that uh, I've always been impressed about Devin is he came here to Kentucky. I just saw a story today in the, one of the local papers where he was the, the lowest-ranked recruit in, in a obviously very good class, and he was still top 25, but... Uh, you know, he was it was overlooked coming out of high school a little bit, and then I remember people were there was some scoffing at uh, how high he was picked when he went in the lottery going into the NBA, and then you know people were doubting him. Well, was he just putting up points on a on a bad team at Phoenix? And all he's done never talked, just kept getting better, kept doing his thing, and uh, he's a, he's been a real pro all the way along. You know, all that what he can't, all those numbers that was just fueled to Devin Fire. Devin always believed he's one of the, you know, best players at every level that he played at. He has the confidence and the work ethic to do it. And uh, the kid is like, he's just amazing. I mean, like you said, he just put his head down. He worked hard, never complained. Even in the first five years, haven't been the best years like, team-wise for for Devin. But individually, he's been improving. So uh, we all seeing it now. He's enjoying it. I see an extra bounce in his step right now because he's just excited to be at this point and to get so close to call yourself a champion, man. Like, you three wins away. So, 
it's, it's an unbelievable feeling. He seems to have stayed very grounded all the way along. How have you helped him do that? He's always been a, you know, a humble kid. I mean, he, he, it's just been the way, man, his mom had raised him. And he kept that approach even when he was in the, uh, since he's been in the league. I mean, it's good to always have, I mean, he had family around. Everybody moved out here. I'm out here. His mom is here. His brother's here. His sister's here. So I guess that's a good way to keep you grounded when you have your loved ones close by. Yeah, they they they, uh, they don't let you get to feeling too good about yourself, do they? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, what do you remember about his time at Kentucky and how that moved him forward? Just playing at Kentucky helped him, helped him a lot, like, to deal with. I mean, you know, playing at Kentucky, there's a lot of pressure there, so... He had to deal with that alone, and then that team and the talent that they had on that team that competing every day against other NBA players and playing under the pressure of going undefeated, playing under the pressure to try to bring the championship to uh, Kentucky. We fell a couple games short, but, hey, I still feel that pain. But uh, Devin learned a lot playing at Kentucky. You know, he now people talk a lot about uh, with what he's accomplished. That how amazing he, he didn't start at Kentucky, but as as you know, that was a, a loaded team. Uh, uh, how did uh, Devin, you know, handle being a part of uh, such a collection of talent, and how did that help him when he got into the NBA, where he's going to be around other talented people? Well, when he was there with all that talent, he learned how to sacrifice. I mean, he had to sacrifice so much of his game to be a part of the team. And, and that's a good lesson learned because once you get to the NBA, you ain't always the best player. So you have to figure, figure out how to fit in with these elite players on this level. And uh, playing there with the with the platoon system, you know, helped him out a lot. And like I said, he had to, like, he had to, like, not water down his game, but, you know, he was just a catch-and-shoot guy in Kentucky when he had so much more – his game, but I understood why he wasn't starting. I mean, it was a loaded team, and, you know, you had the Harrison Twins in front of him, and those guys that did a great job leading Kentucky a year prior to the Final Four as well. So, you know, I wasn't upset that Devin didn't start. I don't think he was upset either. It was actually a fun year. Does uh, he keep in touch with those former teammates a lot? Kentucky teammates? You know, him and Carl Carl are are like brothers. They, They always, I'm not sure the other guys, how much he, you know, these guys' schedule is so busy, guys are all over the world playing basketball. But um, as far as, like, fathers, you know, we all, I just texted with Trey Lyle's dad the other day, big call the other day. I still keep in touch with Kenny Payne and, and Cal. Man, Cal just text, went back and forth texting the other day as well. So that was a family there at Kentucky, and it will always be. Talking with uh, Melvin Booker, uh, Devin Booker's dad, as uh, Game 2 of the NBA Finals is coming up. Phoenix looking to go up 2-0 against Milwaukee. A couple of weeks ago, I think it was, uh, Stephen A. Smith on one of the ESPN shows proclaimed your son as the, the new Kobe Bryant or the next Kobe Bryant. What did you think when you heard about that one? Um, it was, I mean, I, I understand where everybody's going with it, Devin. And Kobe's game is similar. I see some of the. I mean, Devin grew up watching Kobe, so of course he's going to emulate some of Kobe's move and study Kobe's move, just like Kobe did with Michael Jordan. I mean, you saw a lot of Michael Jordan and Kobe because that's who he grew up and watched. But, you know, it's an honor to be mentioned with Kobe, but Devin is trying to be the best Devin Booker he can be. And, uh, 
you know, that's it. Uh, you know, I hear all the comparisons. I hear what everybody's saying about it. When they made that run at the bu- in the bubble last year, nearly played their way into the playoffs, did uh, did you get a sense through Devin that the, the players realized they were ready to, to make a breakthrough this next season? Uh, I did immediately because, I mean, people said this year that we didn't have any playoff experience, quote-unquote playoff experience. But I felt like those eight games in the bubble, which was a like do-or-die game each game, and for us to go undefeated, with such a young squad, you know, it allowed those young guys to grow. And then you throw a Chris Paul, a Jay Crowder, and the other veteran guys with that mix of young guys, this is what you get. I mean, you, those kids grew up a lot in the bubble, and then you had the veteran guys that's been in the league forever, and it's like a perfect mix right now. And here we are three games away from uh, a chance of winning the championship. And uh, when this is over, it's uh, it's off to Tokyo, so it's going to be – uh, quite a, a summer for your son. Um, it's it's great to watch him do his thing and know he's from uh, Kentucky. We appreciate uh, you giving us a little time and uh, enjoy this ride with him. Thank you, and thanks for having me. That is Melvin Booker, himself a former Missouri star and one proud dad. He joined us on the DrinkSword.com hotline. Drink Sword comes from Sword Performance. They also produce Shield. It's clean hydration that you need to check out at the local company doing great work with some outstanding performance drinks. Go to drinksword.com find out more. We'll be right back. Couple of Wildcat birthdays today. Ashton Hagen celebrating a birthday and Kentucky's Terminator, John Connor. I just remember John when he was uh, Kentucky to run a sweep away from our broadcast spot, you'd start to see people, defenders falling down. And I was, okay, that's Connor leading the way, throwing blocks. Uh, so happy birthday to both of those guys. Today's UK Takeover Day on the SEC Network. So there's UK-themed shows all day long. I think one of the uh, the big highlights is coming up at 12.30. They'll replay Kentucky's win at Tennessee, the first in Knoxville since 1984. So that's at 12.30 Eastern time today on the SEC Network. UK Takeover Day. See you tomorrow here on The Leach Report. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to Leach Report.